0: All right, guys, welcome back to Girls Next Level. Bridget, I'm excited to talk about this episode. Yeah? There's just a lot to it. Like, I didn't really think there would be. I'm like, oh, this is like the patriotic episode. Cool. It'll be a cute little discussion. But then as I rewatched it, I was like, there's a lot to break down here.
1: Yeah, I thought it was going to be like a really sweet and sappy episode, like going to see my brother, very patriotic and everything. And then I started doing notes and I was like, how am I getting so many notes on this? And I ended up having like eight pages of notes. I was like, what is happening here?
0: I I know what you mean because it's so much to cover. And one thing I wanted to say about this episode before we start is... As a storytelling episode, I think it's pretty well done. Like, I think episodes five and six are well done as storytelling episodes. I think episodes one to three are hatchet jobs on our character. And I think episode four, even though it's a fun episode where we go to Vegas, I feel like that episode is like missing a scene near the end or something. Like the storytelling just isn't finished. But I think they did a good job with episode five and six, As far as like telling a story and giving you just enough drama. I might not love everything in it personally, but (laughs) I think they're pretty well done. Right.
1: Well, I liked how it got started right on the rolling hills with the slip and slide because that is our favorite thing about Fourth of July.
0: I know, so much fun. We're back at the um, front of the mansion on the Rolling Hills and we're showing off the homemade bootleg slip and slide that we would do every year at the 4th of July party. And this scene is interesting because it's a mishmash of new footage they got right before 4th of July and old footage that they used for the pilot. Yeah. And if you're observant, you can tell that they switched back and forth because when they did it for the pilot, it was just basic, like slip and slides with like a tarp you could land in at the end and then for fourth of july they added another thing because you know there's those inflatable like archways that go over slip and slides that spray water down onto it yeah they added a couple of those but you can see in this scene they go back and forth cutting between it without and then with that is super observant because i remember seeing it both ways but i didn't make the
1: mental note in my head that it was switching
0: yeah they're using Footage from the pilot, which if you guys remember the pilot, it shows Hank and Brian and the guys setting up the slip and slide, and I'm talking about how excited I am about it. And I'm like the first one to go try it. And I'm wearing this um yellow polka dot bikini from Trashy that I loved. It was one of my favorites. Yeah. So they're mishmashing both of those days.
1: Yeah. And then do you remember um the people that make Slip and Slide were pissed that we
0: kept using Slip and Slide? Yes. The company Huamo, which makes, or used to make, Slip and Slides and Hula Hoops, yes. sent a cease and desist to the production company of Girls Next Door saying, we need to stop saying those names, which is bullshit because it's just fair use. We're just talking about their stuff.
1: And we're, you because we're using it. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: because like, what are we would... supposed
1: to call it? Yeah,
0: because you guys will see in the next episode, we're Hula Hooping, and we're talking about the Hula Hoops, and... Those are kind of things that we used a lot. Like they had hula hoops sitting out for the fun in the sun parties. Of course, we're very excited about the slip and slides. So Whammo sent a cease and desist to Prometheus Productions or E or whoever they sent it to because they felt like our show was too adult and we shouldn't be talking about like kids toys, which is dumb. You can talk about it. It's yeah. a free country. Yeah, <laughs> and it's
1: like if you don't call it if you don't call it slip and slides and you don't call it hula hoops, what are you supposed to call it?
0: Exactly. Like, I didn't even know hula hoop was a registered trademark. I thought that was a generic term.
1: <laughs> Me too. Because
0: what do you call it? Just a hoop?
1: Yeah, like a spinning hoop? A, a waist hoop? A, yeah, it doesn't make
0: any sense.
1: <laughs> and what do you call a slip and slide? I guess a water slide? But I think of a water slide as like a big, big tube like professional thing
0: yeah exactly and a
1: slip and slides like a what we had a bootleg like, yeah <laughs> a piece of plastic that you go running down
0: exactly it's so ridiculous and it's not like we were defaming them or anything we we're always talking about it in really flattering terms but you know they didn't want us to talk about it and it reminds me of later there would be something where Kendra on an episode said something about Olive Garden and then Olive Garden pitched a fit and said they didn't want to be mentioned on our show
1: well, at some point we need to get into also the problems with the advertisers and stuff and how they kept threatening to cancel our show and
0: Yeah, cuz you guys this show was controversial and I don't know when exactly the right time to get into it will be. I guess we'll figure out as we go. We'll kind of remember like when we first became aware of it and when it first became a thing with E, but there was always issues with like people groups that I think now have been termed terrorist groups of targeting our advertisers and saying, you need to stop advertising on E! because they do this show and it's horrible because it's playboy and the reason people were anti this show wasn't because are those girls okay are they getting paid are they being treated fairly nothing like that no. that i would think you should be concerned about it was just because they were anti-nudity like anything that had to do with playboy it was too risque it was too nude which i might jump on the back and be like yeah they shouldn't have been showing us unblurred but that was not where their concern was coming from it was strictly like them being prudy uh-huh you know what i mean like yeah. let's shut down this wild stuff that's going on yeah so that was ridiculous
1: I think a good time to talk about that might be like towards the end of season one like when we're wrapping it up because that's when it really comes into play because then then E would turn it around on us and use it against us like well I don't know if you guys are gonna get picked up I don't know if we can pay anymore you know it's really hard to get advertisers and yeah like threatening more like that the show might get canceled, that there might not be any more seasons. And I felt like they also used that to get us to cooperate.
0: A hundred percent. That was a tactic because they, I mean, advertising wasn't the excuse, but I was listening to an episode of the Drama Queens podcast. It's about One Tree Hill. And I guess even though One Tree Hill was like the super successful show with a huge following, the actors on that were saying that every year that it was like well we don't know if we're gonna get picked up we don't know they would act like it wasn't the hit that it was because they wanted the actors to feel like they were just lucky to have the jobs that they had and they didn't want anybody like asking for a raise or anything like that exactly
1: what they were doing yeah that's crazy
0: we were even though our show was the highest rated show on e for the entire five seasons that we were on girls next door we were always treated like the redheaded stepchildren kind of Mm -hmm. no offense to redheads (laughs) Just an expression.
1: (laughs) Uh, Well, back to the slip and slides. They were dangerous, I think. Like, I think Brian had every right to be concerned that somebody was going to get hurt. I'm,
0: I'm honestly surprised they let us do it. Me too. And I did get hurt the first time I tried, which was when we were prepping for your birthday party filming the pilot. There were like stakes in the ground to hold the tarps down and I rammed my butt cheek on one of those stakes and I had this huge, crazy bruise. I remember the bruise. It was massive. But I hit it because I didn't want to stop the slip and slide.
1: <laughs> but like we hit that plastic tarp at such force. Yeah. With such momentum. I mean, it just was like bam mm-hmm. at the end. And you would, and you say it later on, like you was slide up like a uh, um, you say it in commentary like you slide up like a half pipe and we totally did and I remember that that it did come loose a few times and they had to put like pool chair cushions behind Mm -hmm. it to help also like stabilize it and stuff like it was and I remember too like if you came off the side a little bit you get like a grass burn down your legs but they were too much fun to
0: stop exactly and just to make it clear when I said I hid my bruise so we could still do it I did say something to the staff about the stakes because I forget what they did but they did something so people wouldn't hit the stakes anymore
1: yeah I'm sure they I don't just remember punched what it was punch them in further yeah
0: or used like a different kind or something
1: but like and I also want to say too like if that tarp were to have come out at the end there was like a drop-off and then a cement sidewalk and then an even bigger drop-off like a like a 10-foot drop-off into the driveway
0: yeah like, so it would have been brutal yeah, if you kept like, sliding
1: <laughs> if you kept sliding and then started rolling and went right off like it would be it could be deadly yeah
0: for sure Ha <laughs> ha And then we'll get into the 4th of July party more in the end of the episode. But 4th of July party, we filmed for the show since we were filming that summer of 2005. So that's a big part of this, the theme of this episode. The whole theme is just like patriotic and 4th of July and your brother in the military and Operation Playmate and all that stuff. And they show a few clips from 4th of July and you'll see our friend Stacey Burke later in the episode, a lot in the clips. And I also noticed they showed Bill Maher in the clips.
1: Oh, I saw it too. I wrote down a list of all the people they showed but you know what i i know you said that this one had really good storytelling uh-huh. and this isn't a knock on the storytelling but i did find it weird that they like were follow they were like doing the slip and slide and then they like cut to the party but then it's not the party yet then they cut to like me going to see my brother and stuff and then they cut back to the party later and i'm thinking that's a weird way of doing it
0: yeah that is a good point it's like they were trying to establish atmosphere without really giving a reason for it because I didn't even know where to fit it in my notes because I'm like okay fourth of July party but I feel like I shouldn't really talk about it until we get later into the episode (laughs) right because it's kind of what caps it
1: all off at the end Mm -hmm. but yet they sneak portions of it in earlier and I'm like wait wait I'm at the fourth of July party but now I'm going to visit my brother like it doesn't make sense as far as the way they put this episode together
0: yeah you're right that is a good point but I noticed Bill Maher and Bill Maher's not my favorite because he called us whores I know. <laughs> so we went to this thing with Hef. There used to be a thing in Hollywood called the Erotic Museum. And they had like different things on display. The only thing I remember is there was this lucite tube with like, it was like an incubator where you could put your hands in gloves. And they had like all these sex toys and lube inside. So you could like squeeze the sex toys. And there was like a video they played on the wall. That they said was a sex tape of Marilyn Monroe, but it clearly wasn't Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> yeah. So that's all I remember about that. But anyway, there was some, they had, Hef at like the opening or something and Bill Maher came up to give a speech to introduce Hef and then he called us whores and it wasn't even funny and it was just rude and of course Hef didn't stick up for us because he never stuck up for us with anything like that so that's all I can think of when I think of Bill Maher.
1: That's all I can think of when I think of that museum. <laughs> Me
0: too. And the thing is, that Bill Maher. it wasn't even a funny joke. He was just being rude. Like I went to, when I first joined the group, we went to New York and we went to a Comedy Central roast that they did of half So we were sitting in the audience and Sarah Silverman came up and she goes, oh, let's talk about the whores. I mean, bunnies. But the whole thing was funny. And I'm not going to say nobody was offended because there was one girl in the group who was really offended by it. But at least it was funny. And like, okay, I can take a joke. Bill wasn't funny. He was just like I, I felt like some misogyny seeping through in that a
1: little bit. Yeah, I didn't feel like he was trying to be funny. I felt no, like he was being serious.
0: He was just being a dick. And the worst part about that is Bill Maher doesn't have any obligation toward us. Hef never stuck up for us with shit like that ever. Like if you had an ex girlfriend coming out and like talking trash about us in the media, Hef never stuck up for us. No. If anybody talked trash about us, he never fucking stuck up for us. It was so rude. The same guy who's telling you at night like, "Oh, I love you," You're going to be with me for the rest of my life you're my soulmate nope not a word not a word in your defense ever yeah so rude and like bill maher was somebody that he was allegedly like friends with and when i say friends i put that in quotation marks because like his like celebrity friends quote unquote were more like acquaintances but like he could have taken him aside a little later and been like hey you know that's not really cool like like a gentleman would be like hey bro you can make fun of me but like you know my girls uh," especially when they're that much younger than you No, he did not give a shit. Never stuck up for us.
1: Well, we didn't have a voice to stand up. Like, we would have been totally cut down if we tried to stick up for ourselves.
0: Oh, it would have been a nightmare. Like, can you imagine if any of us said something to Bill in front of... Oh, we would have been, like, almost kicked out the next day, if not kicked out. It would have just been like, whoa.
1: It was weird, because I felt like Kendra was never really into the slip and slides that much. Did you ever get that feeling? And I see her go down. They show her going down one time... But, like, they show us going down multiple times. Uh And I just remember feeling at the time, too, that she wasn't that into it. And I thought that that was really weird because she always pushes herself and the show pushed her as the sporty and the active one and stuff. So you would think she'd want to be the first one down the slides and think that was, like, totally her thing. But it just wasn't. And, I mean, there's no hate for that. Like, if you don't like slip and slides and that's not your thing, that's
0: fine. It's just... An interesting observation. Yeah,
1: and I just always thought it was really weird. And then, and then, um, I was, when I was re watching this episode, she says in her commentary, Oh, I would rather, um, have put snow on that hill and go tubing. And, which I'd actually looked into for your birthday. I yeah. about this on commentary. For your winter wonderland birthday that didn't get shown but was uh-huh. amazing. Um, I looked into putting snow on that hill and doing tubing and it was like $8,000 or something like Whoa. that. And Hef was like, no, we're not <laughs> doing it. So, and I say in the commentary that I already looked into it but it's too expensive. But I thought that was an interesting comment because then if you fast forward, and I know we're not there yet, but if you fast forward to like, I think it's season four when we do do the snow.
0: Season three. I think that's where Kevin got that idea was you were saying you really wanted the snow. Yeah. So that was nice. Yeah,
1: (laughs) no, that's amazing. But when we do do the snow and we do do tubing, Kendra refused to come out. Which we're going to get to. Yeah. But I just think it's interesting that...
0: She came out for like a minute when we had the snow, but she wasn't into into
1: it. it, But it wasn't voluntarily.
0: You know what I noticed too is I think it's like a deflection thing with her because she is really into sports and like doing sports and stuff, but she wasn't really a daredevil. And again, you guys, this is fine. Like I'm not hating when I say this. Like to all you sensitive folks out there, I'm not hating. Like if you're not a daredevil, great. You're preserving your face. Um, But I always felt like... I mean, as far as, well, niche slip and slide, I was super into that, but I always felt like things in general, you were more of like the daredevil for like trapeze and like stuff like that. And Kendra's more sports, but if it was kind of like a daredevil thing, she wasn't really into it. Well, and then the next scene, again,
1: they like cut to the 4th of July party and it's Kendra's butt walking down. And in commentary... Uh, you make a comment that says oh if that i know it's not my butt cuz if it was it would have had cellulite on it but i look at the photos of of us in our bikinis and our our everything like barely dressed outfits Uh and i feel like we all look really good
0: we do and i think that's just a reflection of how we were made to feel like i had massive body dysmorphia at that place i probably still have it left over and i remember being made to feel and we can get into this more when we get into like a more body image heavy episode because there are some coming up i was always made to feel that because kendra was like skinnier that she was like the only one with a good body did you ever feel like that
1: Yes. And I always felt like of the three, they wanted
0: me to be the heavy one Mm -hmm. and the most out of shape. No, they totally did you dirty that way. And I don't know who I felt that pressure from necessarily, if it was like just the people at the mansion and what they would comment on or fans of the show. I always felt like everybody thought she had the best body and we were like slobs. And I don't feel like that looking at the footage. Like, I feel like I look fucking hot in yeah. this footage. But back then I was like, I'm a, I'm full of cellulite. And I remember making a comment in some interview that people would pick up a lot and like quote me on where it's me saying like, I'll always be a curvy girl. And I don't think anyone would really define me as curvy by today's standards. But back then I felt like I had to apologize for being quote unquote bigger, which is insanity.
1: Right. Well, I definitely felt like I was the curvy girl.
0: Yeah. Like, (laughs) it's insanity and just a testament to what the culture was like, what the body standards were like, what the culture and body standards were like at the mansion.
1: Um, But do you want to talk about our outfits?
0: Because I think that they were cute. I have that in my notes too. Yeah. (laughs) And you know what I was thinking about with the outfits? We're both extremely themed in these. You have a, uh, I was going to say Fourth of July, a Statue of Liberty outfit. I have a, playboy bunny costume which was based on the bunny costumes they would wear at like the jamaica resort they would have bunnies that worked at the pool so it would be like a 60s cut bikini with like the tail and the ears and the cuffs and collar and stuff and i loved it it was one of my favorite things to wear but obviously after a while not the most comfortable you have the tail that's getting sopping wet and it's like dragging your pants down they weren't like they weren't meant for slip and slides i know exactly (laughs) and then you have like the ears would get kind of uncomfortable because they were like a tight headband And I love dressing themed and stuff, but also when I was watching this um, episode, it kind of jogged my memory a little bit. And it made me kind of realize looking back that I put more pressure on myself to dress themed and dress as something that really encapsulated the event because I felt like if I did my and I don't even know if I realized I was doing this at the time it's just something looking back I think played a part I felt like if I really was dressed in a way that encapsulated the event the chance of my picture being used in like world of playboy or for some other thing was higher and that might sound dumb like why the fuck would you care if you were on the social page in playboy but having your picture used for something like that or having hef you the picture for something or having him like blow the picture up and put it in the hallway where he had all the pictures. It was validation, but it was also one of the very few ways that I ever felt seen at that place because I always felt less than I felt like I was one seventh of a person or one third of a person when it was just three girlfriends and there was just no validation or no being seen really which I know might sound weird to an outsider because they're like oh you're on a reality show of course you're seen but after years and years of living there as one of many girlfriends and being made to feel like you're totally inconsequential and just so lucky to even be there. Uh, Those were the things that made me feel seen.
1: Well, and as a reminder, like the world might think we were being seen, but we didn't feel like we were being seen because we just didn't know what was going on in the in the world. Exactly. We did not know how how popular the show was. We did not know how famous we were becoming. We did not know any any of that. So we didn't we saw the message boards. We knew there was, you know, some things going on obviously we're on tv but at the same time we were not aware of this of the success of the show not at all Cause we're in that bubble, yeah. But as far as dressing themed, that is something that I took to another level even before the mansion. Uh-huh. So <laughs> for me, it wasn't about um, getting in the photos, although that's a great perk, you know. It's nice and, when it happens, <laughs> yeah. And you feel like you're sort of rewarded for all this time and, mm-hmm. and effort that you put into something, and that somebody's noticing and thinks it's cool too. And the and the mansion was just an amazing outlet. It's one of the things I missed the most about it. It was amazing outlet to be creative like that with the outfits and just go crazy with it and no one was going to well there might have been people judging me but I felt like I wasn't the being mean judged. girls <laughs> like yeah I mean definitely there were people judging but like I felt like I, I could do it and they were the weird ones for not doing
0: it. yeah like, it definitely gave you a lot of excuses to think of a fun idea of something to wear that you don't necessarily get in the real world especially back then like now cosplay is such a thing and people will do it just for social media it's like a different world now but back in the 2000s like Halloween was your only time to dress up but not for us not for us we found excuses (laughs) and there were so many like
1: I would dress up for for movie nights too like if there was a, a movie night and I thought it had a good theme it was like a, a Western. Like, I was just, country yeah, girl. If it was like whatever, like, I was dressing up to try and theme with the movie. Even if it was just a Sunday night movie, we're watching Pirates of the Caribbean. I'm down there as a pirate. Yeah.
0: Guaranteed. Like, it was so fun. <laughs> So, tell, where did you get that? Um, I keep wanting to call it the Fourth of July costume, the Statue of Liberty costume.
1: I actually had it made. I had it made for an event that I was doing before I moved into the mansion. It was a Vans event, mm-hmm. and we were doing a promo. And I got two of them made me for one for me and one for my friend. And we were like passing out stickers and oh, like, just doing a promotion at this um, Vans event uh, underneath the I think it was the Bay Bridge. In San Francisco. So it was awesome. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. And everybody would ask us our names. They're like, oh, what are you guys' names? And we we would say, I'm Justice and she's Liberty. And I would go back and forth and they were like, shut up, you lie. And we're like, no, I swear, I'm Justice, she's Liberty. Or I'm Liberty and (laughs) that's Justice. And they were like, what?
0: (laughs) That's so funny. It's a precursor to the Are You the Winner of the Miss Statue of Liberty contest? It is. There was this trip we did to New York. We've talked about it before in 2003 where me, Bridget, and Crystal Camden we were all wearing like big pink coats and we got those foam Statue of Liberty crowns that they sell down by the Statue of Liberty. Total tourist. Thing. Yeah and we wore it like ice skating in Rockefeller Center and everybody was like what are you guys doing because I i swear back then it was weird to wear shit like that like not that tourists weren't buying it but like social media wasn't a thing people weren't doing photo ops but we were there with Heff's personal photographer trying to look as corny as we could because we love that shit and people were like are you contestants in the Miss Statue of Liberty contest like they yeah, were just like, like what are you guys doing because I felt like back then even three girls in pink coats was weird for New York
1: it was I felt like <laughs> yeah. we were the only ones in any kind of color 100%. like everywhere we went everybody was like and blonde yeah like crazy blonde pink Statue of Liberty crowns everybody was like what the fuck yeah like, they thought we had to be doing
0: <laughs> like some particular publicity stunt or something like that which we were but just for our own minds yeah, I mean, just <laughs> nothing, on vacation, nothing else yeah and then they show Audra and The Bachelor. Oh, my God. I forgot. Wasn't Audra dating the guy who was The Bachelor for yeah, a Yeah, but I can't remember what Bachelor it is, but I recognize him as a Bachelor. There have been so many Bachelors.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but he was like the current one or the one yeah. that just like the one that the every- season.
0: Yeah, the one that everybody knew at the time.
1: Mm-hmm. And what year was this? This would have been 2005, uh-huh. right? So whoever, whoever that Bachelor was. All who- you
0: Bachelor Nation people out there. Right. Y- you'll know.
1: I didn't, I watched The Bachelor now, but I didn't start watching it until like way later.
0: I know nothing about The Bachelor except that my friend Kelty was on it for a minute. And also one time a contestant showed up in a sloth outfit, which I'm so rabidly obsessed with. And I feel (laughs) like she's my soulmate.
1: (laughs) I don't know if I saw that
0: episode. It was only like maybe five years ago or something. She fully showed up in a head to toe, like sloth outfit. And then
1: I spotted an open mouth kiss.
0: Ooh, I know you sent me a screenshot. So I'm just minding my day. All of a sudden I get a text from Bridget and it's a screenshot of me and Hef leaning in for a kiss. And it's the open mouth peck that I've talked about before, which I'm so weirded out about because I just didn't notice it at the time. And I didn't even notice it the first couple times I've watched this show. And now that I've noticed it, I can't unsee it. And it's weird. (laughs)
1: It's, it's very so frog like. It was a total accident. I was <laughs> watching the episode and I was making notes and I paused it so I could make a note about like who, what playmates I saw there and it paused on this. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wait, I gotta take a picture of that and send it to Holly. <laughs> it's so funny. But I do love the jazz band and I remember, um, that there had not been a jazz band like previously at 4th mm-hmm. of July and I feel like uh, I may have had something to do with this I and mean, maybe you'll correct me if I'm wrong but like I really enjoyed the jazz festival and like the the handkerchief thing and stuff and I was telling Hef we should do that at 4th of July like wouldn't it be so fun to have that at 4th of July and the next thing I know they were at 4th of July like I didn't have anything yeah. like other than planting the seed but like yeah no
0: it probably was your idea because I don't I don't remember how it came about but it was really cool they had this band called the Preservation Hall Jazz Band and they would play like retro, kind of like 1920s-ish jazz. And we'd all get the white napkins and like whirl them around in the air. Cause I guess that was the thing. And I don't do know like if that's like a jazz like, thing or a thing for them, but the like
1: conga line thing.
0: Yeah. And it was just a really fun atmosphere. I love that kind of music. Cause for me, it's very like Disneyland nostalgic.
1: I was just going to say that for those that don't know, it's very Disneyland music.
0: Like, yeah. Like Hef would always ask me cause I would love to listen to a lot of the same jazz. He liked like 1920s jazz. And he's like, that's so weird. Cause you're so young. Like, why do you like that? And I'm like, it's cause it reminds me of Disneyland and that's what I grew up with. And that, just what like makes me happy on like a random day yeah and my son even now like i put on the 40 station in the car sometimes and be like mom you're listening to disneyland music (laughs) like he thinks that's what it is so then
1: it goes into operation playmate
0: which we should talk about what that is so people know what it is so operation playmate was a program that playboy started in the 90s when we were in the gulf war and it was a correspondence program with the troops so they um printed out all these headshots for all these playmates that would say Operation Playmate at the bottom of the headshots and playmates would sign them and there would be like a email address where any soldier could write to and like a playmate would answer them and they would find out who their favorite playmate was and they'd get that headshot signed and send it to them and then sometimes we would do extra things like you'll see later in the episode we do like a cookie night where we bake cookies and put them in the Tupperware and send them off and things like that and also they had these Little military bunny costumes that were from the Playboy Club in the 80s, because they used to do themed bunny costumes in the 80s. We can get to that later. And they used those because they represented each branch of the military. They used that for it. But one thing I want to say about Operation Playmate, too, is this program had been going since the 90s. And there was one day, I forget where we were going, but we were driving somewhere in the limo. And I was telling half, it was right around the time we started fostering those bunnies actual real bunnies for you guys who haven't listened to the podcast before, not um not Playmate bunnies. But we were fostering these rabbits and I was telling half that I wanted to start like some kind of charity program and maybe like Playmates could get involved for like rescuing animals. And the reason I wanted to do that was because I'd been living at the mansion for like three or four years at that point. And I don't know about you, Bridget, but I just felt like I did not have any purpose being there. And I think that's one of the reasons we both wanted to do the tours, mm-hmm. other than it was fun to give tours, is I wanted to feel like I had some kind of purpose. I just felt like I'd gotten into this situation over my head. I wasn't making any progress in my life or going anywhere. I felt dumb just being one of Hef's girlfriends. I wanted to be more than just like a sex object. I wanted some kind of purpose so we started giving the tours and I was trying to look for some kind of charity thing to do. And Hef was like, well, instead of like starting a whole new thing with the animals, why don't you take over Operation Playmates? I need someone to do that. But at the time, Playboy had an employee who was, I forget what department she came from. She was doing probably like promotions or marketing or something. But they gave her that as like extra work. So they were happy to find somebody else to do it, you know, free of charge. They could free that person up to do their actual job. So I took it over. I used the computer that was like out in the guest house. That was where all the emails came to. So I answered those emails. I would get like all the headshots signed from the playmates and get them mailed out and everything. And the reason I'm telling you guys all this is because they don't tell you in the show. And that annoys me so bad looking back on it because it just cuts to us doing something for Operation Playmate. And I'm talking a little bit about what Operation Playmate is. And you can even hear, if you listen carefully to what I'm saying, I'm being frank invited. And looking back, it pisses me off. At the time, I didn't care because Operation Playmate was never something I wanted to do to get credit for. Like I was never, I was just doing it because I wanted to feel like I had some kind of purpose. And even back then then like on the commentary i'm not like jumping in going operation playmates my thing i do it every week i don't know why you didn't say kevin like i'm not even at that point trying to get noticed for it but looking back just in the context of how they take any ounce of personality or interests away from me like they don't like they go out of their way to say what like you and kendra are studying in school but they don't mention i'm in school they don't mention any of my interests they take away the fact that I'm the one doing Operation Playmate and just make it look like I'm just showing up on a random day and participating just like everybody else. Like, I think it's fucked up and I won't talk too long about it because I feel like I've talked about this ad infinitum on other episodes, but I just... It annoys me so bad. And if there was one question I could ask Kevin about the show, I'm like, why did you not let me have any personality or interest or responsibility? Because it does not benefit the show to have one of your main characters be completely flat and cardboard. It's just such a mystery to me. And I know Kevin's smart enough that he wouldn't have like neglected that accidentally. And I feel like it's obvious they were doing it on purpose because you can even hear I'm Frank invited in this episode all you guys helped too. like you were always super helpful with it and playmates would show up and you guys would be like so great and so giving of your time and i know it was an important cause to you too because your brother and everything
1: yeah well i feel like um that's something that we would have talked about probably i don't remember if this specific thing was something we Mm -hmm. talked about like in my room kind of thing like venting about things but i definitely remember us venting about stuff like that Um, in my room like to ourselves like how if we came up with an idea for something it just we never got credit for anything and I don't even know what kind of credit that would be but like we just felt like our our ideas were like the only thing we had that Mm -hmm. was like that helped make us like feel like people yeah have something going on yeah and um, and then, and then so much would happen. There's another thing that's about to happen in a second that I'm going to tell you that mm-hmm. I, I did and didn't get credit for it yeah. either in this, but there's just so, there was so much of that. And I just felt like. And that's why like I hold on so strongly to my ideas and like I get so mm-hmm. pissed when like someone steals it or like does it because I'm just like, no, it's all I have. And it's like, what what's the big deal? And I'm like, no, it's all I have. You don't understand. Like, that's what sets people apart. That's what makes them yeah. different. That's what like that's why we were different.
0: Yeah, like, and for years living in that situation, that really was all we had. And it goes beyond just stuff you see on TV too. It was like behind the scenes of the show because Kevin, the producer, was what I call a regurgitator. Like we would have a meeting and he would be like, So what are you girls doing? What do you want to film? And we would throw stuff out there. And sometimes I would say, like, I'd give an idea and he'd be like, snore, boring. But then, like, yeah, he would always say that. Like, if he didn't like one of our ideas, he'd be like, he'd sit back and he'd go, snore. But, (laughs) but, mark my words, a month later, we'd be in our next meeting and he'd be like, oh, I know. I know, I know what we're going to do as if it's the best idea either. And it would be that same fucking thing I told him about in the last meeting that he said was a snore. You guys, I would come in <laughs> with like
1: a, a three-wing binder, like one of those spiral spiral notebooks, that's what it is, and like lists and lists of notes. And as I would tell him about it in our lunch, I would check them off. Okay, I told him about this. I told him I want to do this. I told him I want to do that. And it was from the tiniest things to the biggest, grandest ideas just hoping something might get picked up.
0: I'm curious, and this might be something you'd have to think about you might not know off the top of your head but was there ever an idea on the show you really wanted to do and never got to do
1: oh gosh probably i'd have to really look at my my notes Uh from back then because i remember i would have some grand things i'd be like i'm gonna put this in there (laughs) and see what happens but i know i wanted to be in charge of one of the parties and decorate and i think they let me do that to an extent later on
0: with the arabian nights a little bit a I little re- bit. I remember that, too. I remember you bringing that up now that you mention it.
1: But then even after I left, like, I wanted to come and, like, redo the Halloween party. Like, mm-hmm. not, not the whole thing, because I thought it was pretty amazing, but, like, the decorations. I felt like they just were on kind of repeat. Yeah. And I wanted to, like, go in and give it, like, a theme. hmm And that year, I think I wanted to do, like, a very, like, um, red, velvet, like, dark Dracula. Like, That'd be yeah, so cool. With, like, the chandeliers and stuff. I and
0: remember you saying flames. that now that you mention it.
1: Like, I wanted to give it a real feel. Yeah. But, yeah. Let's talk about the military bunny costumes because they are so cute. And I thought, like, you guys, I was dying to wear this costume. Like, Mm -hmm. I was so excited. I felt so honored to wear it not only because it's a bunny costume which obviously i feel like is a certain level of prestige for that but like the military ones there was only four of them right
0: yeah there was one that represented each branch of the military should we get into a little bit of like the what is the bunny costume and like the origin of that just like a little bit before we get too much into the bunny costume, I want to say you look really pretty in your interview in this episode. Oh, thank you, you just have like a very even tan. And also, I asked you in the commentary if you have a cold cuz it sounds like you have a cold, but it was probably cuz you were emotional talking about your brother, I would think.
1: Oh, probably.
0: I look very glazed in my interview glazed and confused (laughs) oh but that's nothing new especially for these early episodes
1: so um the next scene is like me talking about going to visit my brother and how excited i am because i'm going to take him one of these care packages that we made for the troops directly to him at fort bragg that's where he was stationed in north carolina And um, at that time, he had done two tours in Iraq and one tour in Afghanistan. He went on to stay in the military longer and do more, but that's where we're at at this point. Just for a little backstory on my brother, he was going to school, about to go to school, for something totally different. He was going to do uh, makeup special effects for like movies and TV and stuff, that's what he wanted to do. He just got accepted to the Tom Savini School of like Makeup Special Effects, which is amazing. I took him to orientation in Pennsylvania, we went together, met Tom Savini, all that good stuff, that's what he was going to do. He came home, school started in the fall, so he came home for a little bit, there was some time in between, and then 9-11 happened, and he dropped everything and went and just joined the army and um uh so that's that's where he is at this point so this is um 2005 now so he's still in the army and um I was really excited to go and visit him because he at this point was going to army I think he was like working on his army ranger either that or airborne I don't know how this all works but he was um army ranger 82nd airborne so at some point he did all of those things too um And I also talked to him, I talked to him when I was watching this episode, just to kind of like try and refresh my memory, like where he was and like what happened when we were there and stuff like that. See if he remembered anything I didn't remember and stuff. And I was like, oh, wait, we have to have Eddie on for a podcast.
0: Absolutely. When do you want to bring him on? Maybe, um, I
1: forget when he actually comes to visit the mansion. Is that, like, really Season
0: far? four, yeah. Oh. It's a long way off.
1: <laughs> oh, well, maybe he can come on sooner, too. Yeah. And then we can go back and talk to him again later. But, yeah, he had some fun stories. And I wrote him down, so I'll talk about him in this episode and stuff. But maybe we can have him on as an actual guest, too.
0: Yeah, that would be fun.
1: Cut to Playboy Studio West's.
0: Yeah, so I go down to the Playboy Studio West. I always feel funny calling things West, like Playboy Mansion West. Well, they're probably wondering
1: why it's West. It's just for the same reason as Playboy Mansion West.
0: Yeah, because the original studio was in Chicago. So at one time when they had two studios going, there was like Playboy Studio West. So I go down there to meet up with Pat Lacey, who is the head of Playmate Promotions. And she helped me a lot with Operation Playmate because she was always my go to as far as trying to get all the Playmates to sign the headshots. If the Playmates weren't, you know, people who were easily accessible to me for whatever reason and the reason I'm just rolling up to her office so casually and we seem to know each other is because I worked with her regularly on Operation Playmate but they don't say that they don't say that that's anything I do or spend time doing and my other observation about this scene is I am so skinny and sickly looking I feel like I look like I'm about ready to die
1: I noticed that you looked really skinny too
0: it was bad Like, it's alarming in hindsight. Like, obviously, I made it through. I'm still here. I'm still alive. But, like, I look back and just knowing myself, I'm like, was I okay? Because I look like I'm about ready to tip over. So that was weird.
1: Well, at this time, we're probably stressing out about our pictorial that we're about to shoot, too.
0: Stressing out about the pictorial. Stressing out about just the show in general and how it's going to be perceived and just everything. Yeah, yeah. You know, Pat Lacey was the head of Playmate Promotions. And at the time, the only thing they were using bunny costumes for was Playmates would wear them for certain promotions or like if they were hired to work a party. So then she, Pat Lacey was known as the Bunny Mother because anytime they had a Playboy club, there was a woman who worked there who was like the Bunny Mother who would kind of like coordinate everything. And was Pat Lacey a bunny mother at a club back in the day? I don't I feel remember. like she was. Probably.
1: I feel like she was, but I'm not positive. But I do know that she wrote a book, and I'm blanking on what the name is right now. Maybe we could Google it before this episode's over and tell everybody.
0: What? I didn't even know that. Yeah,
1: she wrote a book not that long ago.
0: Where's my phone? I want to look it up.
1: I don't know, but I have mine right here. here. Okay, so Pat Lacey's book is called The Black Bunny Hop, and it's description as the black bunny hop is the story of Pat Lacey whose playboy career spanned the entire organization including bunny jet bunny bunny mother and coordinator of playmate promotions. Pat Lacey rejected what the world told her to be and became what she was born to be a woman on the front lines of the 20th century century cultural revolution. She takes you behind the scenes of the playboy organization and the exciting world of being a playboy bunny. Speaking of that though um, in this this next scene they show the seamstress Jeannie Mm -hmm. And um, she was the seamstress for the bunny costumes. And but you know all about the um, the original creator, Zelda.
0: Yeah, um, the way the bunny costume originated was, Heff and his promotional director Victor Lowndes were talking about opening the clubs and how should the waitresses be dressed and Victor came up with the idea for the bunny costume and the first person to model one was Heff's girlfriend at the time Cynthia Maddox who was Eric Petitia's mom who we knew Eric and hung yeah. out with him and you see a really quick black and white clip of her in this episode and she's the one wearing a bunny costume that kind of looks like a Santa outfit. You can't tell what color it is because it's black and white but it has like white fur on the top. So that was like the first mock-up of a bunny costume and I believe Cynthia's mother sewed it so Cynthia's mother sewed the first mock-up but the woman who made the first real bunny costume as we know it today was a woman named Zelda Wynne Valdez who was a really famous black seamstress in New York City and she made really amazing gowns for like Lena Horne and Ella Fitzgerald and people like that and the bunny costume I I love my bunny costumes and I hang on to them because I think they're such an important part of fashion history and just the way they're created and just like the quality of the design and like it's not like a corset like a lace-up corset but it has this boning in it and the way it zips up and just everything about the way they're made is just fascinating to me so she was the one who really engineered the bunny costume.
1: (laughs) Yeah and speaking of the way they fit like we're gonna get into it later when they show Audra getting into the bunny costume but this was a struggle for everybody costume. And it was, mm-hmm. they were made this way on purpose. They were meant to suck you in and lift you up. So, like, you wanted everything to be sucked in and your boobs up and out.
0: Yeah, it was kind of insane the way they worked.
1: And like, the zipper on the back is like an industrial zipper, it's like a big, fat, yeah, the giant one.
0: Big metal zipper. It, it wasn't has to like, be. yeah, exactly.
1: So, in this scene, it like switches, it like doesn't. Have you noticed that it goes back and forth between we're at Playboy West and then we're at the Bunny House?
0: Yeah, I was even kind of confused looking back at my notes. I'm like, okay, so what is this segue? Because it shows me at the office with Lacey and then it flashes over to the Bunny House, the house across the street from the mansion, where I'm being fitted for a hot pink bunny costume. And Kara Monaco is over there, who was a newer playmate at the time, and she was getting fitted for a bunny costume so it's filming us there yeah with Jillian so you get to see a little bit of the bunny house and what it looked like and another thing I don't know if we've mentioned this before but when Hef bought that house and we came up with the idea to have girls stay over there we started calling it the bunny house and he was always super grumpy with us about it and he was like no it's called the playmate house those aren't bunnies that are living over there it's playmates but I just didn't think that sounded as cute as like and it didn't roll off the tongue as easily as the bunny house but he would always get snappish with me when I would forget and call it the Bunny house but then cut to years later after we leave kevin does a pilot about women who live at that house called the bunny house and he was fully supportive of the show being called that but anytime i said the bunny house i got the snap well the bunny
1: house just like you said it rolls off your tongue easier it kind of is what it is like I mean, yeah it's the bunny house and everyone still calls it the bunny house yeah totally. most people anyway
0: So you get to see a little bit of that. You see Kara in one of the bedrooms. So that's what the bedrooms look like. They were all painted, really bright colors and stuff.
1: Yeah. Do we need to talk about the difference between, I think we did this already, but like it kind of comes up in this a little bit, the difference between a bunny and a playmate.
0: What well, was interesting that Hef was so anti at being called the Bunny House because playmates lived there because most of those playmates probably were also fitted for a bunny costume, yeah. which was at the time the current day version of what a bunny would have been. Because back in the day, of course, a bunny was a woman who worked at the Playboy clubs. And sometimes that overlapped with being a playmate, sometimes not. But there weren't any Playboy clubs at that time. So a bunny was a Playmate who wore a bunny costume.
1: Yeah. Or us
0: who wore a bunny costume.
1: If you were living at that house, you were most likely doing a lot of promotions because that's why you would come, you would be invited to come and live there because you needed to be in LA a lot to do all these promotions. So, most likely, you were fitted for a bunny costume. Most likely, you were living at the bunny house.
0: Absolutely. And I mentioned the bunny manual at some point because we're talking about all the etiquette involved with being a bunny. And I was working on this show recently called The Playboy Murders and they had me read aloud some stuff from the bunny manual. And I've heard some crazy stories about bunny rules. Like some of it was mentioned on Secrets of Playboy by women who worked as bunny mothers who felt like, they were had to fire girls for reasons they didn't like and things like that. Um, the manual itself, like I was, when I was recording the Playboy Murders and talking about it with the producers and stuff, I was like, you know what's crazy is these rules sound crazy to some people, but to me they don't sound so crazy because even in Vegas now, I mean, the rules aren't as strict as, it would have been for a Playboy bunny, but like if you're working as a bottle girl in Vegas, there's so many rules about like, you have to come with a perfect manicure and you have to look this way and your nails have to be this color. Like there's all these, you know, brand consistency guidelines that have to do with the way you look. So a lot of it didn't seem too crazy for me, but some of the rules I feel like were a little over the top and controlling I mean some of them make sense like there was a stance you were supposed to stand with like your one of your knees bent a little bit in front of the other so that way you don't look sloppy like you're not standing there with like a camel toe
1: Right,
0: (laughs) which we show in this episode. Well, it does
1: look weird if you don't stand right in it. Like it It does, it looks Doesn't look good.
0: And you weren't supposed to sit down on the job. You're supposed to kind of perch up against something. And there was this thing called the bunny dip, which was kind of this like bending backwards way of setting a drink down on a table. Because if you're to lean forward and set a drink down on the table in a bunny costume, your boobs are probably going to fall out. It might look a little bit vulgar. I don't know. The reason I feel kind of yucky about some of the bunny rules is because of something that happens in an episode in season two where I'm dressed in a bunny costume and somebody tells me to do the bunny dip. I forget who. So I do it. And Keith, Hef's brother, jumps up and he was the one who trained the bunnies at the club in the original days. And I always really liked Keith, never thought he was creepy, but this kind of moment, it made me feel yucky at the time. He's like, no, 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 no. You're doing it wrong. And it's not a fucking science, the bunny dip. Like I wasn't really doing it. He's like, no, no, no. You have to thrust your hips forward a little bit. And he like moves my hips. And it just something about that felt so yucky to me. I still to this day don't feel like I was doing it wrong. I feel like It's kind of an extra rule so men can come in and be like nitpicky on these women. And something felt gross about being told to like thrust my hips for it. I just can't explain. Like it doesn't sound like that big of a deal when I talk about it, but I can't explain how yucky it made me feel in the moment. And even when I rewatched that episode and the way it felt to me, even rewatching the episode and in the moment, it felt like one of those moments where a man is telling you, oh, you stupid girl, you can't even do this right. So it felt gross to me.
1: Yeah. Well, I think most people would be surprised to know there is a bun- bunny manual.
0: Yeah, with a lot of different rules and things you can do and things you can't do. And
1: So I was really surprised when they showed it in this episode. And I was like, oh, my God, that's, you know, amazing that they're talking about it in here. Because mm-hmm. that gives us something really good to talk about. Because there was the bunny stance, the bunny perch, the bunny dip. And, you know, um, about those rules, too, I will say that Nick's mom was a Playboy bunny. Uh-huh. She worked at the L.A. Club, the Century City Club, I believe, and um, she uh, had to get, like, a little, I think it was, like, a little mole removed off her leg or something like that, and so she had a little Band-Aid, and then she had her nylons on Uh and stuff. They sent her home because she had a Band-Aid on her leg underneath her nylons,
0: First of all, not only is that incredibly nitpicky, but it's like a medical thing. Like, I don't think you'd be allowed to send somebody home for that these days.
1: Yeah, she has a bunch of stories. And she said that, like, men used to come in and want to, like, just rub their feet. They're like, oh, you've been wearing those heels all day. Let me just rub your feet. It must really hurt and stuff. And she said girls would make extra money by letting men rub their feet. We should stuff. have her come
0: on and tell bunny stories. <laughs> I know, right? That would be funny. Bridget, do you want to tell us about the bunny hop? Ray Anthony wrote the song. Uh And there's a cute little dance that goes
1: with it that you guys were demonstrating in this episode.
0: Yeah, it's very 1940s, 1950s. And it was a cute little Easter egg for the producer to put in there because Hef's friend wrote the song. But I will say as we get further down the line, he keeps putting that Easter egg in there to the point where by the time we're on season four, we're overdoing the bunny hop. (laughs) Really? Because I don't
1: remember it being used a lot. And And when I saw it in this, I was like, oh, that's cute that they added that?
0: <laughs> yeah, I just think we were over it by the time we did it in Jamaica. We just felt like it was too much of like a forced thing at that point cuz we were talking about it in commentary. Mm. So the next scene
1: is uh, in the pantry, and it's Kendra and Destiny. Wait, before that, you know, what?
0: you know what brought back memories when I listened to the commentary of this? It was one of those things where you completely forgot about it, but then you're reminded and it all comes flooding back, is I was singing a song in the commentary that I made up for Ray Anthony called oh, yes. I Want to Touch All Wait. the Girls, and I had forgotten that I made up that song for him, completely forgotten, but the song I didn't forget is I also made up a song for Dickie Ban. yeah. Um, which I don't know if I named that song, but I still to this day remember the words of the song I made up for Dickie Ban. But that was like a core memory unlocked that yeah. i completely forgotten about. I forgot about it
1: too. Okay, so then the next scene is in the pantry. Mm-hmm. It's Kendra and Destiny. And Kendra's playing with a whipped cream can. And I, I okay, sh- she's using the can like a dick. Do you notice that? Yeah,
0: it's very phallic.
1: Yeah. And I was like, wait, what is she? Is she really using the cam like? (laughs) (laughs) And then it cuts to her in interview saying Holly and Bridget love the whole glammed up bunny
0: thing, but I'm 20 years old and I'm a rebel. Yeah, like, I'm a little bit of a rebel around here. And it's interesting with the thing with Kendra not wanting to wear the bunny suit. Like, that's kind of the conflict they set up for this episode. But in real life, I had zero expectation of her wearing the bunny costume. I offered it to her because I didn't want to leave her out. But I knew she wasn't going to wear it. Like, I have pictures, and they even put pictures in the um, Girls Next Door coffee table book of a... Previous operation playmate thing we had done um where me you destiny and tiffany fallon are wearing the military bunny costumes so even back then kendra wasn't wearing it so i knew she wasn't going to wear it this time and i'm obviously prepared to wear it because i asked two other women to participate audra and jillian like if i had any expectation of kendra actually wearing the costume i would have only asked audra Right. But they set it up to make it look like I'm really perturbed that Kendra is not wearing the bunny costume. and I'm fine with that. like it's not the biggest deal in the world if that's what they need for conflict. like I'll take an L on that, take one for the team. But just to set the record straight, like I had zero expectations of her wearing the bunny costume. I did not care if she wear the bunny co- if she wore the bunny costume, nothing. The main reason I never cared if Kendra wore the bunny costume or not and kind of agreed with it if she didn't want to wear it is because the specialness of the bunny costume is only determined by perception. And if somebody doesn't think it's special, then they absolutely shouldn't wear it because you have to dra- if you have to drag somebody to wear it and they don't want to do it and they think it's lame then it's not on this pedestal anymore because it was something that not even every Playmate got fitted for. Like you had to be one of the favorites of Playmate promotions and really prove yourself and work hard for them to want to fit one of the bunny costumes for you. Like you had to be somebody who delivered on the job, so to speak. And I just think if you don't think it's special, then good because you shouldn't wear it if you don't think it's special.
1: Yeah. Well, um I always this this sort of bothered me because I feel like the playboy bunny costume is an honor in my opinion to wear and it's amazing to get that opportunity and not only that but in this instance we're wearing it for the troops and we're only wearing it for a photo so it's not like you're asking so much of somebody to have Mm -hmm. to put on a bunny costume for a photo and I just I it, it was hard for me it's hard for me to justify being so anti wearing it that you can't do it one because you are at the playboy mansion with hef and posing in the magazine coming up but two you can't even do it for the troops
0: yeah i can totally see what you're saying and i think both things are totally true i think if you don't want to wear it you shouldn't wear it because it's not special but also you're right it is a little frustrating especially when there's so many other people who were so giving of their time and so generous when it came to any time we were doing something that was like a nice gesture or a charity thing. And I know a lot of people are probably gonna say, well, she was young, but that's not it either because Destiny and Jillian were also 20 years old in 2005 (laughs) as Kendra was, and they, you know, wore the costume and did the things and, you know, were generous with their time and everything like that, so... Yeah, it's weird. Yeah,
1: it's just not asking that much. Like, I totally... And here's the thing, too. It's like, I get when people... If people are like, Ew, the bunny costume? No, I don't really want to wear that. Like, I get if you're not into it. You're not mm-hmm. into it. But you really... But I feel like, first of all, those people wouldn't be at the mansion trying to do Playboy yeah. either. And then secondly, I feel like... um, you couldn't even do it
0: to support the troops, though? Like, yeah, really? you couldn't put it on for five seconds. Yeah,
1: like that. So that just really sort of, I don't know, it's always sort of bothered me. And um, obviously, I'm not going to, there's bigger issues, and and I'm just so happy that everybody was getting along at this mm-hmm. time, you know, relatively speaking, that I'm not going to make that an issue.
0: It's not really my fish to fry with her, yeah. whatever you want to <laughs> say, you know, but like it did bother me and it's not the only instance of that either like we'll get to it later in season four but there's other stuff for the troops that like should want to do it i know right so then it cuts back to still
1: with the whipped cream and she sprays it all over bryant and his uniform and i don't care what anybody wants to say like bryant was pissed
0: yeah it seemed like it for sure
1: and I know that if we asked him, he'd probably be like, oh, no, I know this is Canada, this just the way she is. But I know he was pissed. Like, I could it seemed tell like it. Yeah. by the look on his face. And I would have been, too. Yeah. Like, you're at work, you're in your uniform, and then some chick just, like, sprays you with whipped cream all over your
0: hand, all over your uniform. You're all sticky. It's very, like, objectifying, too. It's like, you're not a person. I'm just, like...
1: And she's practically peeing her pants, thinking how funny it is. Yeah. Like, on the floor, laughing about it. And even Destiny is like, oh my God, Kendra, why did you do that? And she's like trying to clean him up. And she's like, were you trying to get it in his mouth? Which she clearly was not trying to Mm -hmm. do because it's in his hand and on his vest and stuff. And she's like trying to clean it up while Kendra's still too busy like laughing about it. Yeah. And then in the commentary, Kendra tries to play it off and laughs about it and says, oh, Brian
0: liked it. I am confident he did not. I I think you're right. And it looked like he was just annoyed and irritated. Like, oh, now I'm stuck wearing this the rest of the night. Thanks. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. So then it cuts to you're at the studio grabbing name tags. Uh Well, first of all, I want to say I love that the bunny stuff is all under lock and key. Yeah, it was.
0: (laughs) And you can tell the whole thing is fake because when there's a convo where I call Kendra in her room, even in the commentary, Kendra's like, that wasn't a real phone conversation. Right. Like, I was on the phone with my mom and they cut that in with you calling me. So the whole thing was fake. And then they cut to cookie night and there's a very phallic shot of somebody giving a hand job to the cookie roller, the dough roller, the rolling pin. <laughs> yeah rolling pin hand job. I mean they're not giving it a hand job. They're putting flour on it, but it's a very phallic shot that I think was included purposefully. Oh yeah, I think so <laughs> to, like, too. To sexualize the scene. Yeah. Why do you think they didn't have a name tag for Jillian? Um because she hadn't been fitted for her own bunny costume at that point. She was just stepping into the marine one. Oh. Um and just so you guys know like those military bunny costumes came from the Playboy Clubs in the 80s because after the Playboy Clubs started to like lose popularity, they revamped them in the 80s to kind of be like a hard rock cafe. It was no longer like this upscale jazz club comedy venue. It was like kind of like a hard rock cafe and you had women as bunnies and you had men who worked there shirtless as rabbits. And all the bunny costumes were like themed and the military ones came from that. So they kept them and used them for like Operation Playmate. But when we put them on that day, none of them were fitted to our bodies. Right. It was just like we were hoping and praying we fit into them. And a bunny costume typically will be fitted to you and we'll get into that a little more later. Yeah. So it's cookie night, and on a positive note, one thing I did notice that is a total testament to how well we were all getting along in real time as we shot this episode is Kendra is being really nice in her interviews. Like, you can tell the interviewers are asking her, oh, the other girls like making cookies, and you don't like making cookies, or the other girls like wearing the bunny costume, and you don't like wearing the bunny costume. And I can tell she's being really careful, To not offend us or look like she's putting us down, which I do think is really nice of her. And, you know we were all getting along so well at the beginning of shooting this show. And I genuinely did not care if she wore the bunny costume or not. Like if you don't want to wear it, cool. And that was just completely manufactured for the show. It wasn't manufactured that she didn't want to wear it. But what was manufactured was that I was like somehow expecting her to wear it or annoyed that she wasn't going to wear it. But I loved wearing the bunny costumes, especially the novelty ones. And I loved a chance to wear one. So I, I'd rather wear it
1: yeah i noticed that uh stacey Fusen is eating a grilled cheese sandwich which i forgot about the mansion grilled cheese sandwiches yeah those are really good and she has a side of skinny fries Yum. and an olive garden salad and i'm like that those were all just such staples at the mansion they were the skinny fries were so good and there's the yeah it was, i just was looking at that going oh my god i'm so hungry i want that right now. i know it
0: sounds so good
1: and then talking about phallic stuff though, you were making the penis cookies for Mary and Norma.
0: Yes, I made penis cookies to drop off for Mary and Norma. And Norma, you don't really see her in this episode, but I always say like she was so funny. Like they should She used does her come more. and do
1: that whole scene with the you and Mary
0: and she's super funny she is funny they should have used her more she comes in she goes I wanted to compare our dicks yeah
1: <laughs> and she's like my dick's bigger than yours Mary that's so funny and then Mary goes to pick hers up and the balls break off she's like oh and then she tells you thanks for busting my balls Holly <laughs> So they were like super funny. They are funny. Oh, this is where I also wanted to add about like not getting credit for certain things and stuff. So I had a custom made cookie cutter made. Oh yeah. Of the Playboy Bunny. Mm -hmm. And it cost me a fortune. Like, I mean, a fortune. When when you're talking about a cookie cutter, I'm talking, it was like $150 to have like the mold Mm -hmm. made and have it made like, it was like one of those like brass or copper or whatever the heck they're made out of ones. Like nice heavy duty ones. And I had that made for this I wasn't was it this or was it something before this? And I think it used was it for this. cookie
0: night, but a previous one, probably like a Christmas one or like the previous Operation Playmate one we did.
1: Yeah. So um, but now I notice it's for sale in the Playboy catalog. Oh, weird. Yeah. If you go to Playboy online, they have it for sale in there. Oh, man. I know. And we use it in this episode. I see some of the cookies coming out. out there. Yeah. But it's just one of those, like, little things. And then Penny made a tit cookie.
0: Yeah, that was cute. Tits. And did you notice the weird pause? And this is just kind of an example of how, like, culty the Hef worship was, which I was totally a part of, too. But heff comes up to, like, put a little bit of icing on a cookie, and the world stops. Yeah. Everyone stops what they're doing. Everyone's at the table, like looking watching and the suspense what is oh my god it reminds oh. me of like a spoiled only child <laughs> or something like everything they do is so golden like he stops and does like this little squeeze of frosting and just everybody stops yeah silence oh my god and it's just it's crazy to think you know that he lived like that for so many years like what does that do to your ego well and i was
1: thinking about it watching that scene too and i I feel like i would do that all over again like stop and stare because hef with a pastry bag full of frosting in his hand like frosting a cookie is something you just
0: never see it's weird yeah you would never see that (laughs) so it's weird but it's weird to watch it and just see like It just looks so culty. Like everybody stops. Like, oh my God. It's like a toddler about to take their first step. Like, (laughs) wow, what's he going to do? And all he did was make a little eye on one of the bunnies. (laughs) Like one little squirt.
1: (laughs) But it took forever. It
0: really did. (laughs) Cookie making is not easy, guys. It's It's, really not. It's not. And then they have some fun um, sound effects. Like when he bites into the cookie, they make it sound like glass breaking. Yes. And then when he leaves, there's the sound of a toilet flushing, like to imply that he flushed the cookie. Yeah. But just FYI, we We decorated the cookies, but we didn't actually make them. The kitchen made them.
1: Made the dough. But I think
0: they wanted people to think that, like, I made it and it was horrible (laughs) or something.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But they were
0: really good cookies. Cookies. I don't remember the toilet flushing. But yeah, like I, I saw you, it. I mean, I saw it uh-huh. this time,
1: but like I don't remember it from before. Yeah, and it was actually a really funny scene to do that. But they were no, really funny. The yeah. cookies were really good. The cookies were
0: good. Yeah, so, it was just a funny gag. <laughs>
1: yeah, and then I already talked about the scene with Norma, but it was so funny.
0: Yeah, there's a scene with me in Mary's office where I give them the cookies, and that was done in a morning scene. So probably like the morning after when they came to work because we decorated them in the evening. And I talked before about how, like, alarmingly skinny I look in this episode. And you can see all I'm eating for breakfast is a grapefruit, grapefruit and coffee. It's just like.
1: Oh, I remember that used to be your breakfast a lot.
0: Yeah. I feel like I couldn't even function on that today. I feel like if I had a grapefruit, I would just be, like, dead by morning. <laughs> then we go into the next scene. It starts
1: out with my car, by the way, just sitting in the in the circle all by itself. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought I'd give that a shout-out. And then we're all in my room. We're getting ready to put on the military bunny costumes. And... Um, it's not just Audra that needs help, by the way, getting zipped up. Like, yeah. all of us need help. They just don't show it. Like, we're already, I'm already zipped in. They don't even show you
0: getting in. Even for a bunny costume that was custom fitted for your body, you needed help to get in. Like, you could never do it by yourself. And I remember when I got into my own bunny costume, I would have to exhale all the air out of my yeah. lungs for them to zip it up. And then I could start breathing.
1: Yeah. But. Yeah, that's one of the tricks. You, like, blow out all the air in your ribs mm-hmm. because then you can, like, suck in more. Yeah. And there's more room. And then you take in a breath afterwards. The other thing is you pull your boobs out so they're already in the uh-huh. cups because if they're, they're pushed in then you can't get it zipped. Like it's it they are fitted to you to the T and like you said earlier these ones weren't even fit for us so we have yeah. to just hope and if I remember right and i feel bad about this but i think that sailor one was the tiniest one of all of them i
0: think so too and i think it was handed to audra because the sailor one was longer it was like fitted to whoever was the tallest and audra was a little bit taller because i think the woman who usually wore that was nefertari and she's a little bit taller so i think it was like oh audra should have this because she's taller but this scene we are not a fan of because it turns into really a body shaming scene yeah we feel like and it's not fair because there's nothing wrong with anybody's body it's just there's i mean there's nothing wrong with anybody's body not fitting in anything period but this is just us trying to fit into a costume that a is impossible even if it is fitted to you but b none of these costumes were fitted to our bodies right so we don't like it and everybody
1: needs help getting into it and so i try to help audra at first i can't get it because it's really there's mm-hmm. just so hard to zip and then audra calls down for two butlers i think it's funny that yeah. she automatically says two butlers so to come up and help and then they have you in there uh helping too but they, Audra's making funny faces in it. Like I she do is, think the yeah. scene is funny, It is funny. and I do think that Audra's playing into it, like yeah, asking I think so for too. two butlers yeah. and making the funny faces and stuff. And then when they finally like get it zipped, they use a scream of you going down the slip and slide oh as like God, a scream that's coming from her. Funny,
0: that's hilarious. I'm like, wait,
1: I recognize that slip and slide scream. And then later they show the slip and slides, and it's that same scream. I yeah. swear.
0: Yeah, this was like the back cleavage scene, because when you're in this thing so tight, it gives you, like, back cleavage. <laughs> yeah, but
1: honestly, some of the corsets I wore gave me way worse back cleavage yeah. than she had. She just had a little tiny For back sure. cleavage. <laughs> Um, and then Kendra walks in during that whole process
0: and they make it look like she's like freaking out watching what's happening. Yeah, and it's interesting because in commentary, she's like, oh, the only reason I didn't want to wear it was because I didn't have my hair and makeup done and I don't want have to see me in a bunny costume for the first time with no hair and makeup done. But she wore a bunny costume before for a group photo I had taken of us for half. Yeah. And- so that's not the reason. Not that it matters. Like again, like I don't care if she wears the bunny costume, but it's just like this weird roundabout thing.
1: Yeah, and none of us had our hair and makeup done professionally. Yeah, it was just like, like that we was had our done thing. our own hair yeah. and makeup. but oh, not nobody had professional hair and makeup before we got into the bunny costume. Not even the playmates get professional yeah. hair and makeup done before they get into a bunny costume. They all have to do it on their own.
0: And another interesting thing about that scene is I remember when everybody was changing, I told Jillian, "Oh, go into the bathroom to change because there's cameras there catching our every move." And yeah. granted, we still think we're going to be blurred on TV, but still like we're not getting paid the playmates are definitely not getting right. paid to be in the scene and they're not the stars of the show so i'm like go to the bathroom and change and i remember it turned into an uproar later and production was pissed at me for telling them to go to the bathroom and change because they want to get all the nudity they can get and i'm like that's fucking gross yeah like the playmates are getting nothing out of the show literally right so that was annoying and weird and also i forgot to mention this too but when we were talking about playmates earlier they insert footage from playboy playmate videos so it's all this n- fully nude footage which obviously they shot that footage and knew it was going to be out there but they knew it was going to be out there on playboy tv right. which is a cable channel nobody fucking has or they knew it was going to be on dvds they didn't know it was going to be on a mainstream show on the e-network and on dvds that everybody's broadcast worldwide yeah without any kind of censoring exactly so they just ran amok with any nudity they could get out of us <laughs> i wanted to Go back to when you were talking about Kendra with the
1: hair and makeup and Mm -hmm. stuff too. I was thinking this wasn't last minute either. Obviously, there was a lot of preparation going into this, so she really wanted to wear it. She could have had her hair and makeup done. Yeah, so that wasn't the reason. Yeah, I just had to add that (laughs) because I'm like, wait, that doesn't make any sense in there. Exactly. And then even Audra says in the in the scene, I don't understand why she won't wear it. Like it's such a privilege and an honor to wear a bunny costume. And it's really, I mean, it is something that most people have to earn.
0: Yeah. I feel really bad when I'm watching this episode because I'm watching the commentary and Kendra is going in on Audra. And I feel bad because I'm laughing along with her. And I feel bad about that now because i shouldn't have been doing that and i feel like it's a really body shaming scene and this was coming on the heels of us being told that audra stole the gift which we still don't know the story behind we'd love to talk to audra about that but that's what we had been told so that's what we understood is oh audra stole the gift and we all thought that was really weird and out of character but there was something and I don't know if it was one-sided or if it was two-sided. But there was like a hostility between Audra and Kendra that, I mean, it was clear.
1: Yeah. And I don't know why. Yeah. I mean, I know why after this point, but mm-hmm. I don't know why prior to this point. But I do want to say, too, in this scene, in this scene that we're filming in my room, we do not know about the bag yet. Yeah, no. In commentary, we know about the bag. Mm-hmm. But like in this scene, we don't we don't know yet. So if you guys are wondering like why we're so friendly with Audra after she just stole the bag, we don't know yet. Yeah. Kendra doesn't know yet either. and But yeah, in commentary, she's like, karma bites you in the ass. And she's like,
0: really making fun. Yeah, Kendra even writes about it in her book and says something about how Audra not fitting into the costume is like karma or something. Well, and not only that, but the
1: producer of the show was pissed about Audra stealing the bag. And he deliberately made her look bad and did shame her in this scene. Yeah. In my opinion.
0: Because he thought, because she stole the bag, that that was like free reign for him to make her a joke. yeah. So that sucks.
1: Yeah. So she really got, I mean, she, she, whatever her reasons for taking the bag and hopefully she comes on the show and talks to us are those reasons, but she still didn't deserve like being fat shamed in a scene and then, then trash talked in the commentary and all that kind of stuff. So
0: her hair looks amazing. (laughs) i'm so jealous of Augur's hair like seeing it on her instagram now she has the longest i know thickest hair and she's like oh girl as soon as the supply chain clears up i'm gonna send you some shampoo that i make i'm like yes please (laughs) she has like insane rapunzel hair well
1: doesn't she have like um doesn't she make shampoo for dogs or something yeah for pets yeah
0: but i think she like has makes human stuff too i don't know if she sells it but
1: interesting i love to hear all about it
0: yeah me too
1: Yeah, I just really think that they looked at it as a way of kind of getting back at her for Mm -hmm. doing Kendra wrong.
0: Yeah, or trying to like milk drama however they could. Yeah, that's true too. So we've been talking for quite a while so we think we're going to take a little break and we will be back next week with the rest of this episode. Yeah, because there's so much more to talk about. (laughs) So thanks for listening guys and we will see you next week. Bye guys.